we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. This is the B Block. Tonight is Tuesday, March the 1st, 2022. Thank you so much for listening. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, hey, Joe. It's going good. I'm coming at you as usual from Brooklyn, New York, <laughs> uh, where the weather's been kind of regular. It's been not so cold, not so hot. I don't have much of a weather update here. Lousy smooch weather? Yeah, some lousy smarch weather. Smooch weather. <clears throat> weather's been nice here today. I think it's the first time I've been happy in, in two or three years. <laughs> Well, that's that's pretty intense. We just do a podcast about that. Right. Well, I mean, we've been, basically, that's been the podcast for the last couple of months. Like, what is there to look forward to? We don't have baseball to look forward to. Um, Climate change, that's a bad thing. uh, Invading Ukraine, also a bad thing. It's not great. I mean, there's not a lot of good, and, and that's not even mentioning COVID, which is still real in these streets. Right. Yeah. So there's not a lot of good news going around these days, which, um, you know, man, that's what we signed up for, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Um. All right, so we ended the A Block, loyal listeners who listen to the A Block, on an interesting conversation about corn. And so, Sam, I wanted actually to pick your brain a little bit more about this issue of corn specifically and how the United States manipulates, if you think that's the right word, manipulates its food industry uh, to benefit certain industries over others. And I'm thinking as a teacher, I think we all read Grapes of Wrath in high school. And the, the like lasting image of Grapes of Wrath is that uh, scene where they burn all the food because they can't sell it and people are starving to death but they're burning the food because they can't make marketplaces. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that's something that we fucking do every day in the United States of America. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's less... So the, the interesting thing about the kind of national food, uh, like commodities market is that it's not unlike it's not like unfettered capitalism right so it's not like a farmer has a piece of meat and then they sell it for whatever they want um the prices on stuff are kind of fixed um and it's because farms are subsidized by the government a lot of food crops are subsidized by the government um and so you end up like I, I think we were off the air when I use this analogy or this store, this explanation is like you go to the store and buy a steak and the steak is $12 a pound. And the actual cost of producing that steak 
is more than $12 a pound because of the, the cost of everything that goes into raising a cow. You end up like that steak, if it was just sold, if it was like just sold at cost, like if it was sold at the price that it took to produce that meat, it would be like $25 a pound. And then if like a farmer was trying to make money off of it, it'd be like $40 a pound or whatever. Um, and it's kept low through government subsidies, essentially. The price of beef is kept low through government subsidies, which are good only for like major factory. That's not even really great for factory farmers. It's good for like agribusiness companies. Um, How's that? Well, because they get all these government subsidies. Um, they like set the prices of the of the the prices are set and then they buy the commodities market and then they get money from the government to like make that work um and so a company like tyson that produces all of the chicken um they produce a ton of chicken but they don't they like contract with independent farmers but the farmers have to the chicken farmers don't work for tyson they sell their stuff for tyson but the prices are set that Tyson buys them from, I think by the government um, and the farmers have no say in that actually. And so if say a sickness or whatever gets into their, one of their chicken houses and all their chickens die, they can't sell the rest of their chickens for a higher price to make up for the loss of those chickens. So the farmers actually end up getting screwed by this pretty hard does Titan um, employ the chicken farmers or are they independent they're like, independent but they also are subsidized um and so their prices are fixed so the mm -hmm. farmers are subsidized and that means that they can only sell their product for a certain price that they get you know is set by the government so then, I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but is there a economic interest in that everyone knows the set price for meat, whether it's chicken or beef? Like you know that chicken is two ninety nine a pound or whatever the fuck it is. Right. Well, it fluctuates though, because it's not like supply and demand, and it still fluctuates. But those fluctuations are like. Uh, regulated by the government, essentially. Mm -hmm. so and all the subsidies, like all this shit subsidized, chicken, beef, pork, dairy, eggs, it's all subsidized by, like all the agriculture is subsidized by the government, but all of that money ends up going to corn because everything right. eats corn and corn is also subsidized. So pigs corn eat, is like- Cows eat corn, chickens eat corn. Yeah. Pigs eat corn. Um, and, you know, none of those things actually are supposed to eat corn, but they will eat corn and they get super fat doing it. And that's, uh, and that's how you, that's why they, everyone feeds corn because they can get up to what's called market weight, which is as big as a chicken needs to be um, in to, to be slaughtered and sold. And, and it's crazy because like there's, all of these things, I don't have them in front of me, but it's all this like statistics where a chicken, a hundred or not even a hundred years ago, 40 years ago, 
a chicken went from hatchling to whatever, four pounds or three pounds, which is like slaughtering weight. And it took like six months. And now a chicken goes from hatchling to like eight pounds in two and a half months or something like that. It's okay. crazy. That is right. <clears throat> and the like the, the chickens that I buy from my grocery store are like two months old at slaughter. Max. Yeah. Wow. And and the and that's like a you know combination of genetic engineering and corn. Chicken tonight. It was really good. Yeah. Um, but in the in the case of beef, like the the grading, like you can go to the grocery store and it's like this is USDA prime or USDA choice. There's like a grading system for beef, and it's based on intermuscular fat, which is not healthy or natural. Like hmm. A healthy cow doesn't generally have like a shitload of fat growing inside of its muscles. If you think about that for a second, like it's pretty gross. Wait, wait, um, you gotta describe that. I'm confused. It's called it's called marbling. Um, and you know where you go, you go get your meat at that meat school, right? It's a it's a USDA grading school, right? The University of Illinois lab. Yeah. Right. So you should ask them about it. But basically, it's like the more mu intermuscular fat that a piece of beef has, the higher it's going to be graded. And so the only way to like get cows to have that incredible amount of fat is to feed them with corn. And this was like a huge push like by the corn lobby to the governments to make this is like what good beef is. Good beef is beef that has a shitload of fat inside of the meat. Um, and, and so, you know, that's when, like, if you get a piece of, if you get like a, like a ribeye steak from like a big corn, um, fed cow and you get a ribeye steak from a, like a grass fed cow and you put them next to each other and like one of them is going to have way more marbling than the other. The corn, corn, the corn fed one. And that's going to have a higher rating even though it's like that cow was like considerably less healthy and that meat is worse for you than oh, the grass fed beef. Okay. Um, and that was a huge push by the corn lobby to make that happen. Why corn? Uh, it's easy to grow and you get like a really high yield per square acre. Like you get way more than you do out of say wheat um per square acre soy too same deal because if you come to illinois it's it's corn and soy soy is the other one is what i was gonna yeah. mention, is that every other acre is corn or soy that's all yeah. out here and it's huge that's all we do corn and soy right yeah you get a lot of you get a lot of corn per square acre mm -hmm. but that's the other thing like to produce a pound of beef like that per pound that cow has to eat like 10 pounds of corn to produce one pound of beef right something like that so a thousand pound cow will eat ten thousand pounds of beef in the two years that it's alive or, or beef 
corn in the two years that it's alive. Cow only lives two years? Yeah, and that's another crazy thing. Yeah. Two to three, I think. That's messed up. Yeah. So for some reason in my head, slightly less messed up than like the two-month-old chicken that I'm eating. But uh, okay. 18-month-old cow, that's still kind of messed up. How long do cows live naturally? No idea. Probably 10 to 20 it's, years. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'm looking it up now. Yeah, that would be interesting. And what about pigs? How old is the pork? 15 type? to 20 years. A fifth, yeah, a cow is supposed to live 15 years. We kill them after two years. Yeah. I mean, pet, PETA pig, pig the same. Uh, two, yeah, so if you're in a pork chop, that's a one to two year old pig that you're eating. Yeah, I mean, probably even younger, honestly. Oh, yeah. Chicken will live five to ten years. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, Although, food. chicken, <laughs> like, I would never think that a chicken would live to be five. They're so stupid. Right. Right. I actually do feel less guilt. Like, I'm never going to go vegetarian. But, like, I don't feel guilty eating chickens. They're fucking morons. Like... Pork chop. Yeah. I love bacon. I love pork chops. I recognize that pigs are basically like people. Right. Like they should have like citizenship rights, essentially. Mm, maybe not that far. You, you know what I mean. I mean, they're smart, but they're like vote for Trump smart, you know? Right. <laughs> pigs, pigs for Trump. Snowball right. for Trump. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, yeah, that's actually that would actually change, uh, fix a lot of things. If that we gave all the pigs voting rights, and then suddenly they're all fascists, right? Cows too. Cows would be like boring though. I think the pigs would be the ones we gotta look out for. Um, so the corn lobby, this right. is something that I'm really concerned about because like, I do not want to go vegetarian, but are right. you saying that if we were actually buying food at what ought to be market prices, we would be vegetarians or almost like maybe you'd eat like you'd eat meat once a week or once every two weeks or something like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, or you just eat way less. Like, you know, you go to a bar and you get an eight ounce burger. It's like that's so much beef. Mm -hmm. um, but if you think of like, you know, countries that don't have the same sort of subsidies as the United States and they just eat so many more vegetables than you know what I'm saying like it's yeah. just you like we should be eating less meat just because it's really unhealthy for us mm -hmm. um, these fat I don't know liver right. maybe exactly like our body just doesn't digest meat very well 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not pushing a vegan agenda by any means. Um, but it's the, the way that American, like, you know, we're the fattest country in the world for a reason. Or maybe we're not anymore. Looking at you, Mexico. Um, really? Mexico. It, at one point it overtook us. I'm not sure if it's still, yeah. um, but you know, it's because of the American diet that the high, high meat, high fat, lots of bread diet is, is not good for obesity. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm a, I'm a big dude. I'm not judging anybody. I'm, but, right, um, right. That, and that's such a hard thing to make where it's like, no, I'm like, obesity is a different situation than the systemic problem of making it easier for Americans to go with this high fat, high meat diet that's killing them. Right. It, it is. It's killing us. Right. And, 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 you know, it's like your diet is an economic decision. And it's an economic decision that's really being made by other people. Mostly corn lobbyists. Have you ever been to Colbert's? No. I've talked to you about Colbert's though, right? Maybe. Colbert's is a fast food chain in the Midwest that features butter burgers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they are my favorite. I've had them probably three times in the last two weeks because it was the middle of February and I was depressed and I wasn't cooking my own food. And boy, let me tell you, a bacon cheeseburger from Culver's is the most delicious thing that you have ever had Five o'clock on a Thursday. (laughs) Is it maybe the worst thing for the environment? Yeah, probably. I don't know. They're not McDonald's, but they're they're Culver's, right? (laughs) Uh, and, And it just... I don't know. I, I mean, I'm really fascinated by tying this idea. Like, we Americans are so obsessed with personal health and the personal decisions that folks make about their health. And how can we tie that to you believe that you're making a personal decision about your health? For example, a diet. But what you are actually doing is making an economic decision that has already been made for you based on government subsidies. Right. right? Because it's faster, easier, and cheaper for me to get a quarter pounder with cheese and bacon than to, you know, fucking boil a bunch of green beans. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's true. Hmm. That makes me mad. Did you find what you were looking at? Yeah. All of the most obese countries in the 
world or all Pacific Island nations? Really? Like Samoa? Yeah. Like, yeah, Samoa. It's a bunch of places. Well, let me read them to you. And you can yeah. tell me. You'll know, you'll know them all. Yes. Um, Nauru, N-A-U-R-U is number one. Nauru, yep. How do you say it? Nauru. Nauru. 61% obesity rate. The Cook Islands? That's not a country that's owned by England. Is it? But they don't have their independence? Palau? Palau? P-A-L-A-U? Palau. Marshall Islands? Yep. Yeah, this is also Pacific. Tuvalu? Yep. Uh, N-I-U-E? Niu? Wait, spell it. N-I-U-E? Don't know that one. Don't know. Uh, Tonga, Samoa. Well, Fiji. Kiribati. Kiribati, yep. And Micronesia. Yep, those are all South Pacific Samoan. Um, there's something weird going on there. Lots of good football players. Lots of good football players. Yep. yep. Uh, I wonder about that. What's their diet? You know what it is? Oh, my God. Don't cancel me for this. It's spam. You think? Yep. It's spam. Because that's Hawaii, too. Hmm. Yeah. There, there's American military installations on probably every single one of those island nations, and you know how they get their food? Spam. Hmm. I bet you. That's my guess. Also, the Samoans are big guys. They'll kick yeah. you. Yeah. The Rock. I think Tonga might have beat New Zealand one time at rugby, too. Really? Yeah, Tonga's got a really good rugby team. Hmm. I gotta stop looking at all these Pacific Islands here. No, uh, what are your thoughts on spam? I like spam. I am not yeah. anti-spam. You know, like it's a K ration, right? It's a milit it's it's military grade meat. Um I, I guess this kind of goes back on what we were talking about this entire episode, but there is something to here's a protein bomb, eat it, and it's right. going to be subsidized. Like there is a value to that. That's not what the government corn subsidies is doing. But kind of like a like a Big Mac is here's the cheapest, fastest way to put calories in your face. Right. Well, it's just it's funny because it's like such a it's like a communist thing, right? <clears throat> yeah. And everyone is like everyone's like bitching about you know, all the Republicans are like, oh, socialist Joe Biden is socialist. Yeah. you know infrastructure plan or whatever but it's like no one ever is like oh we got to get rid of corn subsidies because it's like that's what's keeping food cheap yeah but it's like that's that's what it is mm -hmm. that's socialism joel yeah, that government is, is paying for our food yeah because you need food 
I mean, it's messed up. It's, it's messed up that we got to this point. But if you're going to subsidize something, subsidize food, the question is, why are we subsidizing food that's also killing us? Right. And the environment. Right. And it's like where all that government money ends up is in the pockets of major agribusiness companies. Yeah. It's like a, it's a, it's kind of a broken, it's like a nice idea, but it's kind of a broken system. It's like the, the savings don't actually get, like the value does not get to the consumer. The mm. value of those subsidies is like skimmed out of the middle by these massive, like Tyson and Purdue and mm -hmm. all these major agribusiness companies. Mm -hmm. Mm. I'm glad I'm not a chicken. I'll never be led to my death. Yeah, that's true. Not in this lifetime. Probably. I tried listening to some food podcasts this week. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you, I listened to a pretty interesting one about tofu. Oh, what they think? It's just about how tofu, my big takeaway from that is that soybeans, like more than any other beans, are the musical fruit. That's the point of tofu is that it kind of, it's like the processing of the soy bean through the process of making tofu eliminates the intense uh, gas that it gives you, which is like what the, was the um, initial, uh, what's the word? the drive to create tofu came from the fact that soybeans are like not super delicious and they make you fart like no other bean. Sure. I've been eating a shit ton of sweet potatoes this week. Nice. They make me have healthy shits. And really? Shit. Yeah. Hmm. Is that not normal? I feel like whenever I'm like, like No, I've just never thought about it. Yeah, yeah. I have, I'm going to, this is now a, a, a stool podcast. Um, right. I've got really regular shit. Like every right. day, 7 a.m. is like, and that. Is that like right after your first cup of coffee? Second, yeah. 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 That's, that's the way coffee works. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, I don't know. Actually, it's funny. I was just reading something about this. There was something in the New York Times about it. And like, short answer, it's like a laxative kind of, but like long answer, no one really knows because it's like, it does, it does have some like properties that are of other things that make you have to go, but it's not in the same, not in, not in, it's not like proportional to how how effective it is essentially oh. um and essentially somehow when you drink coffee your body reacts to it as if you just eaten not your whole body just your bowel or whatever reacts to it the way that as if you had just eaten a like 1500 calorie meal Me? and so your body's like something's coming in we have to make room Right. Like immediately right that's really interesting because it feels health 
feet. It feels like an enema. You know? Right. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, this is good for me. Like, I'm cleaning out my, like, intestinal system now. And then I don't poop again for the rest of the day. Uh, and, and it's funny, I have coworkers who are like, I poop five times a day. I also have coworkers who don't poop for days. And they're like- Both of those sound not great. <laughs> Thank you. I tell them that, they don't believe me. I'm like, that's not great. <laughs> I've, I've got this one female coworker, she's like, yeah, I poop like once a week. And I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> she should. Does she drink water? Sounds like she doesn't drink water. Oh, she probably doesn't drink water. That's bad. I'm like, you should poop more. That's bad. And I've got yeah. male coworkers who are like, I'm always pooping. And I'm like, that's not great. <laughs> you need some fiber. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, poop is great. You ever take a dump and then just kind of look at it? <laughs> Maybe when I was a kid, I don't feel like I do that anymore. Not anymore. Oh, no. Do yeah. it all the time. It's really interesting. I mean, like maybe take a glance, but. Sure. That's is, about it. Is it green? Is it is it brown? Is no, it you know what's interesting, though, is I have a dog, and so decent member of the community so i pick up after my dog so i look at a lot of dog poop yeah when dogs are having the runs is the fucking worst yeah god and you try to pick it up with your uh, medical glove or whatever you know like plastic around your hand but it's soft so it kind of like dissolves and so you feel its warmth against your hand. Dog shit's the worst. Remind me not to get a dog. Every once in a while, I start looking at pictures on Facebook, and I'm like, I should get another dog. I mean, yeah, dogs. Dogs are the best. Yeah, to remind me not to get a dog, or like someday I'm gonna get, I'm gonna drink like a a whole fifth of Tito's vodka and I'm going to wake up with three dogs. I think that would be good for you. You think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like you'd have to like pay a dog walker for when you're at school or whatever to let them come, at, come poop or whatever, but I think it'd be good for you. <laughs> I, don't, I think those cats are driving you insane, you know? Yeah. I think that that's like a, it's like a, you know, what's the word? Like a Hannibal Lecter-esque sort of like mind fuck situation with those cats in you. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Like, no. Like, being a middle-aged man with cats is probably not the best mentally thing. But I really like my cats. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, cats I, are good. I look at them cats are good. I can't like I didn't grow up a cat guy, right? Like right. Up, my family was dog people. And it wasn't until I became an adult that I was like, no, cats are cool too. 
Like, there's definitely a space for cats. Definitely. But I do miss having a dog. Dogs are, dogs are, they're different. Um, like, my cats look at me sometimes, and I'm like, why are you looking at me, cat? <laughs> right, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. slipping into insanity. Yeah, no, they definitely <laughs> tend, tend towards that. Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Also, I, I mean, I love... Molo, my older cat, but he is like crazy even by cat standards. Right. Yeah. How old is he? Twelve. He's pretty old. Yeah, he's old. I'm waiting for him to, to get old. Any day now, I'll be like, you you gotta like start showing signs of ageness. He every day he's like he tries to escape, he tries to run outside, and I have to like kick him. It's like a thing that you guys do. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I love my cats. They're weird. Um, you cooking anything this week for your restaurant? Probably. Guys. Oh, I made some kimchi today. Oh, how was that? Oh, I'll be ready in maybe by Saturday or okay. maybe Monday. I made my standard chicken thighs, but one difference I made uh this week was i cut up a bunch of mushrooms and put them under the chicken so uh-huh. chicken fat melted into them and i think that was a good thing because in the past i've just kind of put them all in the same pan and the mushrooms got crusty uh, uh-huh. so i kind of liked this i don't know if uh, i gotta think about it but i liked having Really, I should have mushroom-stuffed chicken thighs. Is really what I had to work on. That's what you want. Yeah, if I was, yeah. Is that a thing? Could I do that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the stuffing of stuff is just kind of a lot of work. It is. Yeah. Maybe even, like, crust them in panko. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you could get like, like if you're gonna stuff something with mushrooms, you kind of gotta cook the mushrooms before. Oh, really? So you have to like make a filling and then put it inside of your chicken thighs, and then and then you cook them again. Oh, like a like a mushroom paste. Yeah, or like you know, you could just chop up some mushrooms and some onions and some garlic and cook them together down, and then, um, yeah. And then you just wrap them up inside your chicken thighs and then cook them. Mm-hmm. That might be what I do next time. Yeah. That'd be good. And then I baked sweet potatoes with them. So I've been just eating nothing but chicken thighs and sweet potatoes for three days. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, I'm not complaining. And green beans, um, which is a very, like, I don't know. Spartan's the wrong word. Ukrainian. I don't know. I've got my my protein, my starch, and my vegetable, and that's. Oh, I uh, this week I went. Um, we went into this place called the. 
ethics market i want to say anyway it's one of those places that has just a bunch of different food stalls in it you know and one of them is Veselka, which is a famous Ukrainian restaurant here in New York. They have a food stall there. So we were like, oh, we got to go get, we got to go to Veselka, just mm -hmm. in Ukrainian solidarity. So we had pierogies. And I'll tell you what, Joel, I fucking love pierogies. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. They're what so good. What's that? What kind of, what flavor pierogies did you have? Uh, we got... I mean, they're dumplings, because we love dumplings. Right. Yeah. We got potato, which is kind of the classic. That's classic. And then we got mushroom and sauerkraut, which is also pretty classic. Yeah. And then we got short rib, ah. um, which I don't know how classic those are. I'd never had them before. They were good. I had alligator pierogies one time. Really? Yeah. Where? Pittsburgh. Uh, the old, I think it's called Old Works Brewery. I, I'll have to look it up. When I went to a, I, I went to a Cubs Pirates game in Pittsburgh and hung out in Pittsburgh for a couple of days. That was great. Huh, so, yeah. What? I love pierogies. Yeah. Dumplings. Pots. Yeah, they're like, I mean, they're not, they're not. They're like, they're kind of like in between dumplings and raviolis. But ravioli is dumpling. Kinda, yeah, I guess. Yeah. There's something about pierogies, though. Maybe it's just that they have potatoes inside of them. Right, potato and then um, sour cream. You gotta, yeah. Like the classic yeah. is potato pierogi and you're dipping in sour cream or you bring sour cream on it and that's like sustenance like that's the basic unit of sustenance and that's what's so good about them and they're so fucking good yeah no let's go have pierogies do you think let's go to pittsburgh i think we need to go to pittsburgh i think that's the best town in america to have pierogies Really? Because it's, Pol it's a Polish thing, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually normally get them at Polish places when I get pierogies. Yeah, I'm sure Ukrainian pierogies are a thing, but, like, it's always been Polish. Oh, man. There's, oh, Chicago's got the Ukrainian village. There was actually a Polish food restaurant that I went to that I had some of the best pierogies I've ever had. Uh, waiting for my flight, I was flying back to Oregon that morning, and so they were like breakfast pierogies. I'm not sure you're going to be let back into Chicago just for saying that Pittsburgh is the best pierogi town in America. Oh, I'll fight, I'll fight someone about that. Yeah, Pittsburgh's a pierogi town. Chicago's got so much other shit going on. Like they, they're both like okay, Polish and Korean. yeah, they got they got other shit going on, but their their soul is Polish. The soul of Chicago is Polish. That's a hot take. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, I'd have to think about that one. I feel like it's not a hot take. I feel like that's a pretty pretty soft take. I will share with you this uh, image I found on the internet a couple of days ago of 
like a Sears and Roebuck catalog from the 1930s from Chicago that's all in Polish language. Yeah. I feel like saying that the soul of Chicago is Polish is as hot a take as saying the soul of Boston is Irish. It's an equally hot take. I just don't know because Chicago, like, yes, but there's Irish Chicago, there's African-American Chicago, there's Ukrainian Chicago, there's Russian Chicago. I mean, like, they're, yeah. all, eating, they're all eating Polish sausages, Joe. Yeah, I mean, just, the sausage king of Chicago is a thing. But that's America, right? How does the sausage get made? That's what hot dogs. Yeah. Hot dogs. Polish sausages. No, hot dog. No, like you take Polish sausages from from Warsaw and you come to Chicago and what the fuck do you turn them into? Hot dogs. Right. <laughs> you go to a baseball game and you eat a hot dog and you put pickles on it and no ketchup. And somebody died making that hot dog. Polish. I got I got you. I don't I'm not co-signing that. I think there's German, there's Korean. One of the best Korean barbecue places I've ever been to is in Chicago. Sushi, sushi, yeah, sushi. I stand by it. I, I, I gotcha. I'm just, it's the city of little neighborhoods, you know, big shoulders. All right. All right, we're at, oof, where are we at, 45 minutes of just nonsense? Yep, probably call it. Yeah, 42 minutes. All right, I would call it, uh, yeah, I'm going to cook some good food. Oh, happy Fat Tuesday. Happy Mardi Gras. Uh, beignets are delicious. Hurricanes, also delicious. Um, you look at, you're looking at me like you have something to say. Nope. nope. No, no. Right. Uh, happy Mardi Gras. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been Dump on the Up, ostensibly a baseball podcast, but this has been, I don't know, kind of a meandering food podcast. Uh, listen to us on all your favorite listening applications. That includes Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. Follow us on SoundCloud and or Spotify. You can also follow us on all your Social media applications that includes Twitter at Dump on the Ump, Facebook at Dump on the Ump, Instagram at Dump on the Ump. For Sam, my name is Joel. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Sweet baby, I'm going to leave you. And the time.